Life podcast. We truly hope you'll be inspired and challenged today. Now, let's dive into this message with the family at Pleasant Ridge. We're, we're moving right along here um, through Colossians chapter number 3. And Paul has been instructing um, these believers here at Colossae how the gospel should have been changing their lives so much. And uh, we talked a little bit about those relationships within the church. And then Paul also now moved to the relationships within the home. And uh, we've already seen a few of those things as he addressed the different functions of the family um, and their part they're supposed to do. We, we saw there about the, the wives and how they are to submit. Husbands are to love. Um, and then we're going to look at today about children. Their part is to obey. And fathers uh, to not provoke. And then later on you see bond servants in the home. They are to obey. Masters are to treat uh, their bondservants justly and fairly. And we need to remember that all of these instructions uh, that we see here for a Christian household are given within the context of setting our minds on things above where Christ is seated. Now, it's so important to understand that because if we desire homes that honor Christ and reflect Christ's likeness, then we must have our minds set on Christ. That's where our goals should be. Uh, we should be looking towards Christ, looking towards the things that are above uh, and not on things that are on the earth because we want to follow Christ in, in everything that we do. And so this morning we're going to look at uh, verses 20 and 21 and the instructions for children and for fathers. And we need to remember that when God speaks, and he does speak, he speaks directly through his word, right? We don't need new revelation, right? We have the complete written revelation of God in his word. And he speaks directly and he speaks clearly to us about what he wants. And uh, he's very concise about what he says. And so this is what I'd like for you to take away with you this morning. A Christian home has children who obey and fathers who do not provoke. A Christian home has children who obey and fathers who do not provoke. All right, so kids, we're going to look at this part. This part is just for you, okay? Just for you, all right? Now, I want you to take notice up there on the, on the screen there, okay? Notice what it says, verse number 20. Okay, this is for you, all right? Children... Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, I have a question here for all of you children, and I know there's some older children sitting out there, okay? You may not be up here, that's okay. Um, but here's the question for you guys, all right? Do your parents ever ask you to do a lot of things? What, what are some things that your parents may ask you to do? The dishes? Clean, clean your room every... You don't like doing the dishes, okay? Okay, all right. Do, do, any of you have, do any of you have to do homework? Yeah. How many of you have to do homework? 
okay? Do your parents ever tell you, go do your homework? Okay, what are some other things that your parents may ask you to do? Get dressed, dressed, okay? Clean your room? Brush your teeth? teeth. Okay, go potty, yeah. All right, get ready for school, okay? Now, so they tell you all these things to do, right? What is the hardest thing that you have ever had to do that your mom or dad told you to do? Clean your room, that's pretty hard, okay. What? What is that? Giant old lanterns. I don't know what giant old lanterns are. Clean them? You, was it really hard? Okay. So sometimes we have to do things that it might be really hard to do, but our parents tell us to do them and we need to do them. Okay. Why do you think your parents ask you to do certain things? That's right. They do want you to obey them, but why do you think they want you to? Okay. A machine that'll cut. Okay. Interesting. Okay, well, that's good. Why, why do you think they ask you to do things? Eat healthy food, keep you healthy. Okay, all right, Evelyn. To not get hurt. Okay, those are very good. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Cooking carrots, okay. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Feel weary? All right. Hey, AJ, come on over here. Come on over here. Hey, you're all right. Come on over here, buddy. Come on, RJ. Come on. Come on over here. All right. Um, so, guys, hey, look. Now, I want you to look up here again, okay? Look right up here, okay? Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord, okay? Now, believe it or not, guys, okay, <laughs> have a seat, Grant, okay, I think he's going to go sit back down over there, all right? Now, believe it or not, guys, did you know that your parents actually used to be a child? Did you know that? And I want to show you guys something really interesting here. Did you know that even Mr. Bird used to be a kid? Look at this. I have this. This, was on, this is on my tree at home, okay? And here's a picture of me. Pretty scary, huh? It's pretty scary, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was a kid, absolutely. Absolutely. And did you know that when I was a kid, I had to obey my parents as well? Sometimes they told me, clean my room. Sometimes they told me, you need to feed the dog. Sometimes I had to do certain things, do my homework, right? God tells us that we need to obey our parents, okay? Sometimes you do get to pet them, okay? Now, let me ask you guys a question. What is obedience? What do you think obedience is? Okay. What is that? Oh, yeah. Well, we have to obey our parents. So, listening to our parents, okay? Um, God wants you to obey because it is for your protection, 
okay? Now, let me give you a couple things about obedience, okay? Exactly what obedience is, right? And I'm going to give this to you with three words, okay? And this, this will probably help you to understand what obedience is, okay? Here they are. Obedience is doing things immediately, okay? So if your parents ask you and say, hey, I want you to clean your room or I want you to do this, what you ought to do is you ought to do it immediately, okay? Now here, let me give you an example of what obedience is not, okay? So if I was sitting over here in the chair and mom or dad asked me, hey, I want you to go clean your room, and you're like, okay, I'll do it just a second, hold on, hold on, give me a minute, all right, hold on. That's not obedience because you're not doing it immediately. God says that we need to obey our parents, and if we're going to obey, we need to do it immediately, not hang on, just a couple minutes, a couple more minutes, Mom, a couple more minutes, Dad, just wait, just 30 seconds. No, immediately. Why? Because God tells us to do that, okay? We need to do it immediately. Okay, here's the second thing about what obedience is. Without complaining, okay? So if your mom or dad tells you to do something, you don't go like this, well, okay, I guess I have to do it now, okay? That is not obedience because you're complaining about it, okay? You should have a good attitude about it, okay? You should not complain. You shouldn't be like, why do I have to do that every single time? That's not obedience, okay? Because we're... We're not following what God says. And remember, who is telling to do, us to do this? God. God is, okay? And we have to obey God, all right? Here's the third thing, okay, about what obedience is, is doing what you are told exactly, okay? So if your parent says, all right, I want you to clean your room, put away your shoes, and put away all your toys, now, if you just go in there and you pick up two shoes and put away one toy, is that really being obedient? No, it's not, okay? You have to follow your parents' instruction exactly what they tell you, okay? Yes, Evelyn. All right, well, I'm glad you cleaned your room. Absolutely, okay? But we have, to, we have to do stuff exactly the way that our parents tell us to do them, okay? Because if not, we're not being obedient to God. We're not listening to what God says, okay? Now, our parents tell us these things, and it's for our protection, okay? Now, let me show you guys something here. Does everybody know what this is? An umbrella, okay? So we have an umbrella here, okay? And what is an umbrella used for? Okay? It protects us, right? Right, okay? Yes, it is a kid umbrella. You like that? Yeah, it's pretty nice. So it protects us, right? So if it was raining inside here right now, and the rain was coming down, but I was under the umbrella, would I be protected? 
Absolutely. But what if I decided to say, oh, it's raining, but I'm going to go outside of the umbrella. What's going to happen to me? I'm going to get all soaking wet. So as long as I stay under the umbrella, I'm protected. I'm sure you do, okay? But this is, this is what you need to learn from this, okay? God has given you guys parents to protect you, okay? Because there's a lot of things out in the world that can hurt you and a lot of people out in the world that can hurt you. And so when your parents tell you, stay with me, don't do that, stay over here, don't do that, right? What they're trying to do, they are protecting you but if you decide to go out from underneath that umbrella of, um, of protection, what's going to happen? You're going to get hurt, okay? You could get struck by lightning, absolutely, okay? And here's another thing about this, about protection. Did you know that, that parents, us as parents, did you know that your parents have to follow rules too? What kind of rules do you think your parents have to follow? They have to follow God's rules, yes. And they have to follow the government. They have to follow the government. What are, what are some of the rules of the government? Um, you have to pay taxes. <laughs> you have to pay taxes. That's right, yes. Okay, you have to pay taxes. What else? No speeding down the highway. No speeding down the highway, right? Okay, so if your mom or dad is speeding down the highway and a police officer pulls them over, can they just say, well, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. I really don't care. What's going to happen? You're going to get in jail. Well, you might get in jail if you're speeding fast enough, okay? But you're going to get a ticket, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely, okay? It'll be a year before it expires. Be a year before it expires, yeah, okay? So God gives us rules to protect us. Okay? Now, ultimately, ultimately, who is the final authority? Who has the final authority? God, God does. Okay? And what does God say? He says, children, obey your parents. Now, notice this. Children, obey your parents in everything. Okay? God wants you to obey your parents in everything. Okay. Now, why should we obey our parents? It can keep you healthy and safe. But notice what it says up here. It pleases the Lord. Okay. So it pleases God when we obey our parents. God is happy. God, God is pleased when we do that. So if we're not obeying our parents, what do you think happens? It doesn't please him. Yeah, and you can get hurt, okay? So, children, you need to obey your parents in everything, okay? Now, uh, this is what I'm going to do. You guys are going to be dismissed if, uh, if it's okay with your parents, and you're going to go with Miss Jamie, and I think you guys are going to do some practicing with some, some songs. But here's the thing I want to do, do for you, okay? If you guys draw a picture of you obeying your parents... Okay, something that you've done recently. Draw a picture of that, okay? And you show it to me. I got an extra special surprise for you, okay? But you have to draw one, all right? But you are dismissed. Thank you guys for, for being up here so much, okay? Don't worry, we'll get some stuff for you, okay? You'll be all right. Now, some of you uh, children that are still at home, okay? 
this still applies to you as well. Okay? God still has instructions for you as well. You might say, well, Mike, I'm, I'm not 5, I'm not 10, you know, I'm, I'm 15, I'm 18, whatever, okay? But you're still at home, all right? This still applies to you. And I want to give you a couple things to think about for those of you that are older, uh, that are still in the home, all right? Um, maybe you might be thinking, you know, my parents are, are being really insensitive or unreasonable, about things. They, they're treating me like I'm a five-year-old or, or a ten-year-old. Uh, you might think that my parents are, are being very harsh or very strict. What should I do? And I think those are, those are fair questions, and so I want to help you uh, with some things. By God's design, uh, guys, by God's design, parents are always older and more experienced than their children. Mark Twain uh, once said that when he was 17, he was amazed at how stupid his father was, but that when he was 21, he was surprised at how much the old man had learned in four years. Okay. God, God has given you parents, and you might think that they're being you know, unreasonable. You might think that they're not uh, very smart, that they're treating you horribly, okay? But God has put that in there in your life as instruction and to help you uh, to figure things out, okay? Now, if you're still living at home, all right, you are still under the authority of your parents, okay? Now, if you want to leave from that authority, okay, if you want to leave from that umbrella of, of protection, that means that you're going to have to get a job. That means you're going to have to get your own place to live, pay your own car insurance, buy your own car, right, all that kind of stuff, because you're saying, I want to leave that protection and leave that authority that God has placed in my life. And uh, <clears throat> so you need to remember that the shortcomings that you may, that you may see in your parents' life uh, does not give you the right to disobey them unless, unless they command you or are wanting you to do something that is sinful, okay, that is, or is against God's word. Because in that case, it does not please the Lord, okay? Um, if, they're, if your parents are asking you to lie for them, uh, if they're asking you to do something that is sinful, right, you, you need to stand up and say, no, I need to follow Christ uh, because what you're asking me to do is not pleasing the Lord. Um, even Jesus, the perfect son of God, submitted to his imperfect earthly parents when he was a child. We, we find that in Luke chapter 2, verse 51. So in short, as long as you are living under the protected authority of your parents, you should obey in everything unless your parents are asking you to do something that is sinful or wrong, meaning that it goes against the teachings of God's word. Okay, so that's the part there for children, you to obey in everything. Okay, so let's move now over here to fathers. Don't provoke your children. Okay? So now after addressing the children, we see a command now to the fathers. Now it's important to note that the word here, fathers, uh, can be and can refer to both parents, but I think the uh, context here uh, really gives more weight towards fathers who are responsible to God for raising the family. And I know that there are situations where there might be a one-parent home, you know, that there might just be the mom, just might be the dad. Okay, we understand that. Um, 
But here, uh, Paul is, is saying and giving instruction primarily to the fathers uh, that they are responsible to God for the family to raise uh, the children. And so we need to remember when Paul wrote this, he was speaking to new Christians that had come from a pagan background. And in fact, during this time uh, in, in society, it was actually acceptable for fathers to actually put their children to death. Uh, if they felt that they needed to. And you would think Paul might be writing and saying, okay, so children obey your uh, parents and everything, and fathers, you better make sure that your children are obeying. He doesn't say that. Instead, he says, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. So how should these fathers relate to their children? Uh, he tells them to not provoke uh, the, the children lest they become discouraged. So dads, let's consider a few things to, to help us do a better job at raising our children. So here's a couple things that I want to give you. Number one, dads, strive to not provoke your children so they become discouraged. What does this mean by provoking my children? Your translation may read exasperate, provoke or exasperate. It, basically, it means to stir up often to anger or to a fight. The only other time that this word uh, exasperate or provoke <clears throat> that is used, it's used in the, Old, in the New Testament, and Paul uses it in a positive way, uh, ta talking to the Corinthians how their zeal uh, to give had stirred up other Christians to follow their example in 2 Corinthians 9.2. So this word here has the idea of motivating someone to action either positively to good deeds or negatively to anger or discouragement. And fathers can provoke their children to anger, rebellion, or discouragement in many ways. Now, here are just a few ways that we could do this, and I've been guilty of doing some of these things as well. Being unpredictable. The kid never knows if his dad will blow up over a minor infraction or will let a major offense go by. Uh, being unreasonable, a parent won't listen to the child's explanation or consider the circumstances before passing judgment. Being unfair, a parent gives a harsh punishment for a minor matter. Showing favoritism, one child gets away with murder, not literally, but you know what I mean. And the other child uh, basically is just treated sternly. Being selfish, a parent uses the child to meet the parent's needs without regard for the child's needs. Uh, extremes of over and under discipline, being critical or criticizing without praise. The parents rarely praise a child's positive behavior and often criticize his faults. Being insensitive, a parent won't listen or minimizes what is to the child an important problem. Being unavailable, a parent is absent or too busy when the child needs him. Breaking promises, which teaches a child not to trust what his parents say. Hypocrisy, a child sees a parent putting on a front of righteousness before others, but living differently at the home. Being a legalist or legalism, a parent lays down the law on petty issues and puts more weight on keeping the rules than on helping a child deepen his relationship with God and with the parents. The main way, however, that I believe that we dads can provoke our children is what Paul says in the parallel passage. Uh, turn with me over to uh, Ephesians 6, 
This is the parallel passage uh, that we find on the exact same stuff. In Ephesians 6, Paul says here in verse number 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so, dads, we have a tremendous responsibility to follow Scripture and to raise our children to bring them up, as what Paul says here, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And I would say that if any of these heirs describe your parenting, you should really ask your child's forgiveness for them and and seek to do better. We all have room for growth, myself included, okay? Um, Here's the second thing. Dads, allow how God treats you and deals with you to become the model of how you treat and deal with your children. Children will always get a picture of what God is like from their father. And so how you treat them and how you deal with them will give them a picture of what they think God is like. I don't think that we, that we realize, dads, of how a tremendous influence that we have on our children. Dads do. That's why the emphasis is placed there so much about fathers, right? Fathers, you do this. Fathers, you got to do this. Fathers, you got to do that. So we have a tremendous responsibility before God and before our children to raise our children correctly and, and in the right way. We must remember that if we know God, then we are children as well, and God is our Father. God has shown us in our life and in Scripture how He deals with us. Now let me give you four ways that God relates to us that we too can uh, model, or we should be modeling to our children. Number one, dads, take the initiative in establishing a relationship with your children. To put it another way, God is not a passive father towards us, is he? God always took the initiative. God was the one that first sought out Adam, right? Adam's over there hiding in the bush. Adam, Adam, where are you? God was taking the initiative. God was seeking us. We were not seeking God. Scripture clearly teaches us that in the book of Romans. We do not seek after God. God is the one seeking after us. So, God always takes the initiative, and as fathers, we need to model that to our children in taking the initiative and establishing the relationship that we should be having with our children. God has entrusted our children to us for a brief period of time, and especially as fathers, we're accountable to love them as God loves us and train them in His ways, both by example and precept. This means you must make time for your children, no matter the demands of your career. If God gave you children, then it's your job to spend time being a father to them. Secondly, dads, balance your discipline with grace and love. God's word is very clear that discipline is necessary. Let me just read a few of these uh, to you out of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod hates, hates his son. If you are not disciplining your child, you hate them. This whole idea of, oh, I'm going to be buddy-buddy with my children, I'm, I'm going to be friends with them, sorry, no. 
If you do not discipline your children, you hate them. That's what Scripture says. And so it's important, dads, that we discipline our children. Okay? Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline them. Proverbs 19, 18. Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Proverbs 20, 30. Blows that wound cleanse away evil. Strokes make clean the innermost parts. Proverbs 22, 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Proverbs 23, 13 through 14, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from the grave in early death. Being under that protection, that authority of, of the father and the home. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Proverbs 29, 17, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. Now, I'm not advocating for beating your children, okay? I'm advocating for disciplining your children. Okay? There's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it, okay? But God's word is very clear on this that fathers, we need to be disciplining our children and bringing them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, so if we're going to model how God treats us to our children, then we should know that God does not just discipline us, but He does so with a balance of grace and love. And that's key. Biblical love, when used with discipline, will seek the child's highest good. When Moses asked God to reveal Himself, the Lord proclaimed in Exodus 34, 6, He says this, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. And that description of God is repeated many times throughout the Old Testament and should be very descriptive of every Christian father. Dads, when we do give correction, we do need to make sure that it is being done in a spirit of love and grace. And that's the balance that must be there. Thirdly, dads, we need to model God's love to our children. Biblical sacrificial love is not a feeling, but a commitment. Our children need to know that they are important. They should know that they don't have to earn our approval. I don't know about you, and maybe some of you fathers as well, grew up trying to seek your, your father's approval for things. <clears throat> and uh, we strive for that. But our children need to know that they don't need our approval. They, they shouldn't have to be striving for our approval. We should already be committed towards them in a, in a relationship uh, with them that we are going to show them love and grace and truth and kindness and all those types of things. Dads, how can we show that we love our children? Here are three ways that we can communicate this to our children. Now, these are not original with me, but I found them to be very helpful. Number one, show them that you love them by warm eye contact. If you glare at them, you're saying you're a bother. I've got more important things to do. But if your eyes say it's good to see you, they will feel your love. Secondly, give them appropriate touch, a hug or a pat on the knee. Wrestle with them playfully on the floor. Tuck them into bed with a prayer and a kiss when they're young. Show them your love. 
Third, spend time with them. Take them to the store. Do fun things together as a family. Maybe do something individually with each one of your children if you have more than one child. But spend time with them. Here's the fourth and uh, last thing here. Dads, motivate your children to be all that God wants them to be. Take note of that phrase there. Become discouraged or lose heart. Your translation may read lose heart. This word is the opposite of take courage or to be eager. Each child, believe it or not, comes factory equipped with his own motivational patterns and ways that they learn. For those of you that have multiple children, you ought to know that, right? What gets one excited turns another one off. And as a dad, your job is to know each child well enough to motivate him to be all that God wants him to be. How can you do this? Well, let me share with you an an often misused and misquoted promise for child rearing that is found in the book of Proverbs. Turn with me over to uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 22 real quick. Proverbs chapter 22 and look at verse number 6. Here's the verse. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not not depart from it. I can't tell you how many times I have heard this verse proclaimed by pastors, Bible teachers, and parents saying, as a guarantee that if you raise your children the right way, if you do all the right things, they'll always stay on the right path. We've all heard people Say, we don't know what went wrong with our son or daughter. We trained them up in the right way. We brought them to church. We had them in youth group, etc., etc., etc. And they didn't turn out the way that they should. This verse is not talking about a success for your parenting skills, but rather it's a warning. The literal reading of this verse does not include the word should in that. And so the verse reads this way. Train up a child in his own way, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Changes the meaning, doesn't it? Children left to their own way are not likely to change because they have been pre-wired, factorily wired, to live a certain way. All of us have a certain sin bent in our personalities. Some of our children are very compliant. Some of our children are very rebellious. Okay? They might be hard and difficult. But if you leave that child to their own way, they will continue in that way. All right? And it's not going to change. So when they become an adult, they continue in that always. And so when they become adults who go their own way, they will go the wrong way. There are children that are strong-willed and there are children that are compliant. And as fathers, we need to know the way that our children are pointing to and use that to direct them for the Lord and not for themselves. The key here is that fathers have a tremendous effect on how our children see the truthfulness of Scripture as it's lived out in our lives. And so dads, if we are not living out scripture in the home, 
it will affect how our children will go in their life. You might say, but I brought them to church and I got them involved in, in all the youth things and all that kind of stuff. Great, wonderful. But if you're not living it at home, it will have no effect whatsoever in how they're going to turn out. And so, fathers, we have a tremendous responsibility to not provoke our children to anger to be living out the correct way. Any child can use the way that they are wired for God. Any child. Think about this. A compliant child will be more apt to comply with Scripture when they see the father or the parents living the truthfulness of it. The strong-willed child will not let anyone turn them away from Scripture when they see the father or the parents modeling the truthfulness of Scripture. It works for every child no matter how they are wired. And that is the essence of training your child according to his way. So dads, I encourage you to allow God to use you, who your child is, for God's glory, which is their highest calling, by being the father who God instructs you to be. And so we have a tremendous responsibility, dads, to make sure that we are following scripture and not provoking our children to anger, but training them up in the discipline and nurture of the Lord. And I'm just as guilty of this, of not doing a good job. We all, all of us have room to grow in this, okay? So children, obey. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, okay? Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.